What's up, everybody? It's your boy, A.L. Newton, and you're tuned in to another episode of A New Perspective. So glad that you found time to start your week or some point in your week to listen to the old perspective. Uh, no music this week. Got a little feedback that the music kind of uh, made the sound off. So until we can afford an engineer or somebody to work the sound for the perspective, I'll, I'll cut that out and try to make it work. So I want to start here. Um. Yeah, I wanna I wanna start here, and I think it's <laughs> ironic that we start here after you know the I am athlete podcast and talking about sidelines and things of that nature. So I find sidelines to be like a sanctuary, right? There's no place I've been in a lot of environments around a lot of people, and there is nothing like the foot law sideline um, that on the sideline you you have this indescribable um, feeling of family and brotherhood I, I can imagine that's what a dugout feels like um, I've never been in a, in a dugout during a game imagine that's what it's like to be on the sideline of a, of a basketball court or any competitive event to look around and know that the people you're with, the people that you've put in the work with, the people that you've um, sweat bled with, like this is this is what you practice for, especially in football when you go summers with hitting each other and lifting weights and um, just going at it, tearing at it. As a player, as a coach, it is the most – it's like a drug. I actually miss it a lot. If I don't miss anything else about the game, I miss the atmosphere of the sideline. And when you have a – good coaching staff the sideline is even better it's even more dynamic like when you just got pieces that are interchangeable any team is better but when, when you have pieces that are interchangeable and um, sidelines are genuinely cultivating in families and it's, it's like that it, it's weeks days months built up to taking that frustration out competitively legally <laughs> on opponent and so even more so as a coach, the sideline is eye-opening, especially when you coach with people who are smart, especially when you coach with people who are competitors, um, and, and you just grow an affection and an affinity for people. And so um, this week, lost a, a um, I don't want to overstate, but I don't want to understate um how I reflect on T.C. Taylor. Um, our families have known each other forever. Um, his mom, my grandmother are classmates. Um, his mother has been my seamstress for years. There are days he would send me a text or a phone call and say, hey man, can you come get this suit out my mama's living room? Or can you come pick up these pants? Um, his mother has baked me countless cakes. She was instrumental in raising me um, in the church we grew up in. Um, his sister and my aunt were the best of friends, and so I would go over to um, Queet's house, and Timmy would just be there. It's, it's like family. Tamar was always somebody that we were told to look up to. That I mean, a black man that went to the Citadel and finished and, and is put together and is polished and was a competitor. And um, to 
just even even on the other side of his family, hanging with his sisters. Um, my cousins are that that my Anderson cousins are second to nobody, and so there are people that always looked after me because of who they were. And so, um, I grew up watching TC the way TC moved. Um, he coached me when we were in middle school, and then to come back. Um, our birthdays are the same day, right? January the twelfth, and every year we 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 talk about how next year we were going to get together and do something. Um, but our, our birthdays are both January the twelfth, and so there are a lot of similarities. Um, and when when we moved home, um, I wasn't in a good place, um, mentally, financially, emotionally, and so one of the things I did, and I don't know why. I, I picked the, I, well I do know why I picked going to watch middle school practice it's because um, I, I knew a lot of the people on the staff and I really was going there because Nicole worked there so I felt like a I felt like a creeper if I just go sit and watch the high school practice even though I had connections to the high school but if I was going to watch middle school practice I was just waiting on Nicole to get off from work and lie about doing something I didn't have anything else to do I didn't have a job I didn't have any money um, and so and one day, um, Coach Nelson, who I'm a close to, and Ryan Bell, who's like my brother, just came and tapped on the window and said, hey, man, you're going to sit out here every day and, and watch or you're going to come come work. And I just kind of looked at him because we had coached on previous coaching staffs. Like, man, I don't even, I don't even. And they both told me, shut up. I know I wanted to go to, to, to be a part of the coaching boat again. And so um, I went over there and just watching the defense and – that staff had just been put together. It was the first staff after the merger of two middle schools here locally. Um, and TC kind of just looked at me and was like, what you want to coach? And and that staff, that first year that we were together, that staff would compete with a lot of hell, high school coaches, right? Um, it was well put together at every position. People often tried to figure out how the hell a middle school team had 11 football coaches. <laughs> um 11 football coaches, but even as that season went on, as the days went on, um, how interchangeable it became because Ryan and I played for Coach Al um, in, in high school, so we knew exactly how his practices were supposed to run, and when Big Al had to leave for something, Ryan could step in and run the program the exact same way. Um, when Ryan had to get there from late, JT could come in and, and run the offense. When TC was working, and he'd shoot me a text, Newt, you got the defense today till I get there. And then we would just have these incredible practices where you you knew the best player that the best person that you were going to have to coach against was on the other side, right? And so um, TC and I would do a little stuff to mess with Ryan because we knew how to get in his head um, and, and vice versa. And and to go from literally cussing each other out because that no – we would cuss each other out and be at each other's throat. And why the F you didn't see this? Why the F you didn't make this substitution? Why you didn't see that? Hey, make this adjustment to five minutes later and saying, Hey, we're going to dock sides after practice. And that, that, that was three years on the staff together with somebody that I watched my whole life. Um, and, and in recent times, and I'm, I'm guilty of, I am guilty of being a critic. And I'm an even more I'm even more critical of people that I consider my friends because I don't give a damn what my enemies are doing. I want my enemies to, to hey, have fun not succeeding. 
And so there, there have been some, yeah, I make slick comments and there have been little stuff. Um, but we, in spite of that, we're, we're still able to have conversations. You're still able to go just grab food and camaraderie. And y'all know how I feel about men having outlets, especially with other men, especially black men to black men. And we could just do it. We could, we could, Mr. Polk and, and Big Al and Ryan and TC, we, and Thez, we, we, <laughs> We fell if we that's the only thing that could have made that staff better is if we got this to come in and coach with us. Um, but to just say, Hey, it's a random Tuesday. Let's get some wings and, and drink some margaritas, uh, drink a beer, drink drink you know, and just hang out. Um, let's go to the tavern tonight. And hell it's it's a Thursday, but let's just go. Let's go watch whatever Thursday night football game is on. Um, and so that's it it hurts because you see the parallels. Um, his his daughter is a senior. My son is a senior. Um, I just I hurt for them and I hurt with them, and I hurt for our community who lost somebody to lost somebody that um, genuinely cared for all my critiques and criticisms and those who are in our group chat know that I am a critic if you have a group chat with me at some point I have been critical as Anthony and at some point you've cussed me out and at some point I've told you I don't give a damn but at the end of the day you know if you're in a foxhole I'm with you um lost somebody that genuinely cared about the progression of kids and that's not common in coaching anymore there's a lot of see me there's a lot of I want the attention um, but that is reflecting on the life that TC lived as far as caring about people and being genuine about people. And um, TC was the coach that was, you know, now that we beat the hell out of whatever team we're playing, um, now we got to make sure everybody gets a, gets get time to play because they put in this work too. Um, I never learned kids' names until after the season for some reason. TC knew every kid's name. They could tell you he could tell you who their parents were, what their parents did. He and and I watched that. They get that relationship with people. I could hear him tell somebody, You're staying ugly, big dog. And it didn't matter. Offensive side, defensive side. I, I that's why I loved coaching with him and Ryan and Big Al to an extent. because um, Big Al is a head coach, let us do what we needed to do. Um <laughs> In fact, when I think about games we coached in, my favorite, I had two favorite games. My favorite game was we, we played Orange Park, and our middle school team was so loaded we could have beaten JV teams. You can't convince me that we could not have beaten some high school teams. Smaller high school teams. I'm, I'm not being too cocky, but there were some that we tried to play some high schools that just wouldn't pull the trigger. Um, but we pulled up. We had a game in Orange Park, and um, we get off the bus. We get off the bus. We get stuck in OP traffic. And so the game is supposed to kick at 630. We pull up at 620. Like players fresh off the bus and the other team and the officials are like, we're kicking at 630. If you're not ready to kick, it's a forfeit. It's like, cool. And so we we do a two-minute pregame crazy. And the announcer makes the comment, oh, Lake City, Columbia just got here. So uh, they must have stopped at the mall. And I think me, Ryan, and TC all kind of looked at each other like, wait, what? And then he said it again. All right, we now that the 
now that the Falcons are here from from their shopping at the mall, we can get the game started. And we beat the holy Bell realistically could have put up 80 that game. Um, but Big Al stopped him and told him to have some class, that we had to have class. And we kind of just was, we were angry. And Ryan, give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball. I want to score again. I want to score again. I can't believe they said we stopped at the mall. I can't believe they didn't let our kids scratch. And that's another person that genuinely cares about um, getting kids over, getting them over the hump. That's somebody that we just didn't have. We, we, Lake City is for as much talent as it produced. It wasn't until recently with Coach Allen at, and, and the staffs he put together that you really found pushing to for collegiate levels. And they, they saw the, the talent that were coming through and the opportunities to try to help people out. And so then my second other game uh, was I don't know how TC ended up um, making the switch and letting me call defense. Well, I do know how. I don't want to – our O-line was <laughs> – we had – our O line, our average of a middle school O line, the average height was six two, the average weight was two fifty, and we couldn't get anybody damn blocked. TC, who was an O lineman, who was a great O lineman in his day, who had all the gifts and graces uh, when 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 he was playing ball, um, was like, hey, I, I and Ryan at the time, it was this was the third staff that we were on together. Ryan was coaching every damn position on offense, it felt like. And we just couldn't get it blocked up. And TC said, hey, if you got the defense, I'm going to go help Ryan because it's just not fair. But, yeah, we got it. And so we go up to play this team in Georgia. And our whole way up, uh, Ryan and I rode together. And we were talking about how we couldn't go up there and get our ass beat. We couldn't go up there and get embarrassed because <laughs> the three of us were trash talkers. So we don't talk trash on Twitter. We don't talk trash to these coaches. We don't talk trash to people that you could see. And oh, y'all come to Georgia and get beat, whatever, whatever. And they played like 10th graders against us 100% grown men against these middle school kids. And uh, it was my first game fully calling the defense. And we went up there on a Saturday. And uh, we they, the first half, they kind of got us. And so, um, when the defense defensive room at halftime and, and drew up a drew up a new defense on the whiteboard to 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 make some adjustments and let's go <laughs> and on the way out of the locker room, TC said, "Now I want you to know uh, if you get your ass beat, that's on you." I was like, "My, I ain't get my ass beat." And he made one or two suggestions, and so um, we we end up pulling out that game, and it literally came down to the last an, an onside kick. Uh, that one, one of the players, uh, or no, that was before the half. That was the onside kick that we we told them just fall on. Let's put the offense back on the on the field. And the guy played defense and picked up the ball, ran in for a touchdown, and said, "Well, the offense seemed like they can't score, coach." So I went ahead and did it. <laughs> and of course, Ryan started cussing, talking shit. But the kid made a play, but it came down to a, a strip sack while the other team had a chance to score. And so it's just it's just those moments and then going afterwards and decompressing. And that staff, we had a, a hurricane hit. And when we realized we had kids who had not eaten warm food, this this is what kind of staff, they, they hadn't had hot meals, like day three, day four. It's like, we, we still got kids that had no power, no hot food. That we took grills, we took meat, we all chipped in towards money. Hey, you know what y'all do? Y'all come to the school parents drop your kid off to school for a few hours they've been trapped in the house they can't practice just let them out the door and we 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 fed them hot food out of our pockets 
That's kind of staff that was, and that's what kind of um, just a gentle giant of a person. TC was my beer rep at Longhorn. Well, once I say that he's my beer rep at my place of employment, and just coming in and just shooting the dozens. Him, me, him, and Boss, and now Boss Man is gone, and TC is gone, and just clowning. And Boss was a Gator, and TC was a Seminole, or TC saying, "Hey man, we going to this game," and right up. Um, it's even before before coaching together just because we were both similar. Hey, you going to be in Talia. Let's be in Tallahassee. We're going here for drinks beforehand. Oh, okay. You're going to be with Martinez and them tailgating. Cool. Hit me up at halftime. Blah, 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 blah. And it was always like that. Um, and so that's it's a presence that's missed. It, it hurts, and I hurt for them, and I'm praying for them. So um, long live T. Um, praying praying for them and praying for those that he coached and those that he impacted and um yeah so before that happened the perspective this week was going to get me in trouble because it is black history month and since it's black history month um (laughs) since it was black history month i've been trying to Think about safe spaces for black people. I said a few few pods ago that the N-word is just a safe space. I want some other voices on when we had that full conversation that what are space safe places for black people and what are things that black people just do that just we don't we don't want to, have to explain to other cultures or other people that is just it's a safe place for us that certain oppressive behaviors and things we learn how to make our own and cultivate our own and that doesn't mean that we celebrate the oppression that doesn't mean that you can do it because it reminds us of the oppression it just means that we we took hell we literally took pig intestines and turned it into a delicacy now i'll eat chitlins but it was a good metaphor or a good comparison i didn't want to say life gave us lemons and we made lemonade black folk took pig intestines and made it chitlins and made it a, a hood delicacy pig feet oxtails um, turkey necks that the black people learn that's why we so particular about soul food and there's a difference in soul food and southern food um and and you know soul food when you see soul food you smell soul food you see, but that's a that's a comforting space for us the the notion of you're invited to the barbecue i wish people would stop inviting other persons um of different cues to the barbecue just because they did one thing the barbecue family reunions i didn't realize i guess i did realize it that that i I don't know that white families don't really they have family reunions but they are few and far between and they're nothing like a black family reunion one side of my family reunion when we get together they're like 150 almost 200 of us every memorial day weekend and and it's just like part of who we are and i didn't realize that families don't have that that fraternities and sororities and in for white people and black people are totally different have totally different meanings right um and just what our safe spaces are things we do Uh, but i want to make sure i have that conversation differently i've been asking little stuff on facebook and twitter trying to get like black men we black men greet each other differently black man to black man okay and you can tell people who are people who aren't black who've been around black people because they understand they, they get the lingo they can moderate in their lingo um but it just amazes me sometimes that we have it's, it's like a universal unspoken language or that we all grew up the same way we all grew up looking for the jet beauty magazine or all grew up knowing about that damn hot comb on the stove or the just for me perms right 
Um, we all grew up with the same drunk uncle. We, we all grew up with the same holy grandma. We all grew up in the same church, even though we didn't go to the same church. We all, this, this is a day that the Lord has made. I will be, uh, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Um, we thank you once. We thank you twice. We, we welcome you once. We welcome you twice. Uh, we welcome you in the name of Jesus Christ. They're just things that culturally belong to us that are comforting. Um, and one of those is black movies. And so I asked on Facebook, I was like, well, what's your, some of your favorite black movie? It's the, I just watched Harlem Nights for the first time last week. I, I, let me clarify. I tried to watch Harlem Nights and I always felt asleep during Harlem Nights. Judge me. My, um, I got a group chat that tells me that that's that one eighth white in me. I think it's one eighth. Is it one eighth? It might be one six. Oh no. My great granddaddy. My grandma daddy was half white. So um, they always tell me that's that side to say I can't watch Harlem Nights. Um, just watch Poetic Justice for the first time. I want my damn time back. Poetic Justice was not good, y'all. Okay. Janet Jackson was fine. But the movie made knows it made. <laughs> the movie made no sense. It wasn't about I don't know. She couldn't fall in love because she saw her boyfriend got shot and her boyfriend looked. I just, and then she fell in love on the mail route. Anyway, so I asked that question and then I realized talking about Blake Space Spaces, some of the things people were commenting on is black movies. Like, black people got it, but non black people didn't get it. There are certain movies that are considered black cinema. And even like, I know that I've never seen Poetic Justice and I've never seen Harlem Nights. Um, but I knew that that was considered black movie, black royalty, black culture, right? So I got some lists. I want to give you all for the rest of this podcast to lighten the mood. Anthony's top 10 black movies. Now, there are some um, qualifications on this, all right? So there were certain movies that just, in my opinion, were disqualified from being in the conversation. And I had a friend of mine tell me how first weirdly oddly enough well not oddly enough I lost a third of our followers when I was talking about our listeners talking bad about President Trump I ain't got him back the ship ain't recovered on solo listens um since I gave my resounding uh this how I feel about Donald John Trump which you know good riddance not good riddance come back to the perspective I like the listens, like, share, subscribe, YouTube. Okay. I, I want to retire from this one day. I kind of like doing it. Um, but I had another friend say, Hey, you know, this is, this is, I'm learning. Um, and most people say I'm learning from, from both sides of the, the track. I'm learning. Um, and so this is a lesson for everybody. At least in my opinion, there are certain movies that just disqualify just because they have a lot of black actors. They're not considered black movies. Okay. If they got a mainstream push, they just aren't considered for us, okay? If if John Singleton or Spike Lee ain't on the directorship, it's kind of eh. They alone have their own catalog of greatness, okay? And in my top 10, I think there's maybe one of those movies. I don't even think one of those movies that got a mainstream push, okay? Denzel movies, except for one, to me are out of the out of the discussion. Because Denzel is everybody, every quote unquote, oh, oh, hell not. I'm trying to be racially sensitive here, but white people 
love Denzel. They either love Denzel, Will Smith, or Samuel L. Jackson. You ask them who their favorite black actor is. I, I guarantee them to you, most black people will say, or most white people will say, Denzel Washington, uh, Will Smith, and uh, Samuel L. Jackson. And um, Denzel, of all of his great movies, the only one he got a damn Oscar for was the one where he played a cricket ass cop. Right? So, speaking of that, they're just movies. Denzel by himself, I didn't consider him. I didn't consider John Q. Um, didn't Training Day is my favorite Denzel movie, the one where he played a cricket cop. That's not my favorite Denzel movie. It's my second favorite Denzel movie. But I didn't, I didn't include it. Glory. Remember the Titans, the Hurricane, He Got Game, Do the Right Things. Those are great movies, but I did not include those in my top 10. Okay? Mainstream movies to me that I did not count. Um, Jamie Foxx is getting up there with the whole Jamie Foxx is my favorite actor thing. <laughs> ain't watching an episode of the Jamie Foxx show. Ain't watching an episode of um, um, any of his comedy sketches. Martin ain't watching an episode of Martin ain't watching an episode of any of his comedy sketches right just know it because that's that was mainstream but I didn't include the Django okay the Django Unchanged the Quentin Tarantino film Quentin Tarantino people were going to go see that regardless great movie us um Jordan Jordan Peele is up and coming he is very pro black um but us caught so much mainstream that's probably unfair for me not to include it in my cinema but us I didn't include it um I didn't include Get Out I didn't include Moonlight um although Moonlight was very intriguing uh it won an Oscar it was, it's a good good film um didn't include Moonlight didn't include Dreams Girls Hell's Beyonce's in there didn't include um The Bodyguard Whitney's in that and Kevin Costner's in that and um yeah, I just didn't include it. Black Panther, although Black Panther is great, it's part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. People were going to go see that. Same thing with The Princess and the Fog. I know people who just went and saw The Princess and the Fog because it was a Disney animated classic or quote-unquote a Disney animated musical. Um, and they weren't going to see it for the reason of, oh, that's the first black Disney princess. Same thing with black panther black people pushed that over the top because we were going to go see that because we saw the black aesthetics and and the culture and what we believe africa would have looked like if we would have never been stripped of our land um and for those people who have never actually seen africa not africa that they show you on tv and not because western africa is still and from what i know from what i'm educated on i could be uneducated on it somebody could educate me on it it's still very underdeveloped but when you go to south africa there are places in South Africa that look like Wakanda that look better than any American city that you can imagine um, is it, that are very developed. If Africans would take more control of diamonds, oil, and gold that they sit on, there, there's nothing in the world. Um, hell, Jesus walked the earth in Africa. So um, we went and watched Black Panther because it was like, damn, this is, what, this is what it would look like if we would have never been stripped from our land. Um, so I didn't include Black Panther. Okay. These movies were in the hunt, but did not make my classics. Okay, this is where I'm going to get myself in trouble. Okay. Um, two can play that game. Um, don't be a menace to society while drinking your juice in the hood. The Jackson 5. 
The Wiz. For people that don't know what The Wiz is, that's like white people watch The Wizard of Oz. Black people watch The Wiz. Okay, ease on down, ease on down the road. Ease on down, ease on down the road. Um, Judas and the Black Messiah. It's really, really good. I gotta watch it a few more times before I put it in my honorable mentions. But it was in the hunt, right? Purple Rain. Um, was in the hunt. Harlem Nights was in the hunt for me. It did not make my top. Um, it was, it was, it was funny. I chuckled. Okay, I didn't like. <laughs> I chuckled. Okay. Uh, mainly because I knew a lot of the jokes I ain't going to be too many more MFers To y'all MFers that's telling me I don't know what the MF I'm talking about um, Poetic justice is nowhere on this list Wasted my damn hour and 16 minutes on that crap In the hunt or honorable mentions okay? Why do fools fall in love? The five heartbeats I did not realize so many people did not know the five heartbeats were not a real group Holy Christmas have y'all ever noticed there are no five heartbeats albums? Nights like this, I wish raindrops would fall. Can't nobody sing like Eddie Kane. Maybe that's why that movie was so good it was convincing. Ease by You is in the hunt for me. Baby Boy, uh, in the hunt. Or, I'm sorry, honorable mention. Um, didn't make my top 10. BET kind of wore that out for us because they showed it like every damn weekend for. 15 years of our lives coming to America excited about coming to America too Nicole isn't too excited about it she's like yeah she's a little nervous but coming to America is in my honorable mentions lean on me R.I.P. the real uh, Mr. Clark um, oh damn I left uh, I left Sam I left uh, Morgan Freeman out of the actors while white people tell you their favorite black actors um Players Club is in the honorable mentions for me. Okay, you gotta use what you got to get what you want. Bernie Mac, R.I.P. Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac was so damn funny. Okay, uh, and his role as Dollar had me. I just now I gotta go watch Players Club. Jason's lyric is in the honorable mentions for me. Although Jason's lyric makes <laughs> almost as much sense as Poetic Justice, um, <laughs> but. I like I like Jason Lyric. Also, we got to see um the, and Jason Lyric. This is just bad to say. This makes me have a dirty be a, sound like a dirty minded person. But we got to see Jada Pickett in the little flower scene in that one. I grew up. I, this came out like ninety three, ninety four. Okay, I was four or five. I was ten, eleven watching it because my mama had it on DVD. Here's the one that's gonna get me in trouble in my honorable mentions. The most. Not included in my top 10, the Anthony Newton top 10 black movie list for me is Friday. Yeah, no, Friday is not in the top 10. It is a classic. It is a legend. It's how you're going to get fired on your day off, Craig. It is the first black catfish. It is Miss Parker, Miss Parker. It, it is day day. It was how you going to have cereal and no milk. It's uh, it's it is a all star cast, um, but Friday is not in my top ten. Okay, here we go. The Anthony Newton top ten 
black movies starting from number 10 number 10 is boys in the hood any arguments there boys in the hood belongs in the list number nine is soul food okay big mama big mama ain't nobody taking about ain't nobody cutting up big mama leg okay i think about where i put my dish the, the dish towel when i'm cooking every time i cook because of the soul food i love i wish um families would go back more to cooking that home that home cooked meal sundays um after church right um 10 9 8 is minister society okay I'd rocked, I rocked with uh, Minister Society. Okay. <sighs> God dang. I can't even stand 987. Is uh, the best man. Y'all tripping. Maybe I can relate to the best man because that sounds like some stuff I would have done that I might have done in my life before. Might be why I've never been anybody's best man. Might have rubbed and touched on some people's wives they didn't know about before they was their wife. It didn't count if it if it was before they got together and before I got like that that doesn't. I I like the movie The Best Man and then the Stevie Wonder scene was pretty pretty dope. Right, so ten boys in the hood, nine soul food, eight minister society, seven best man, six loving basketball. Okay, so I just knew I was gonna have that relationship type thing that I'd fall in love with somebody from high school and that's the way we'd be able to share our high school photos and blah 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 and I just Sinai them was perfect at playing that role um that movie didn't make sense either some of these movies just didn't make sense but Loving Basketball um I definitely have You Made a Fool of Me in my playlist when they were playing it you Made a fool for me. Then at the end, when it's double or nothing, okay. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five. Okay, my top five were really hard for me, and any of them at any point could have been number one. Okay, number five for me is the wood. Is the wood? Uh, I'm from North Carolina. If this world were mine. Like that whole that whole movie, just is is, is it, I had some high school nights like that too, even though that movie came out way before I was in high school. I every time I watch the wood, I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely could relate it. I definitely could relate it to the wood, um, <laughs> and and it's just like I said, you watch some of these movies watch most of these movies and realize we all grew up the damn same four for me was Malcolm X um, I included it it's a Spike Lee movie it is a Denzel movie but damn it Detroit Red from from the, the, the way they masterfully told that story and I really didn't catch the end with the Sam Cooke song playing until I just saw out One Night in Miami right uh, and realized that Malcolm and Sam Cooke were so close and um just the the track and the new and so that that put malcolm x over the edge for me even more to tell that other story um but there's some people i saw somebody get a tattoo <laughs> it was supposed to be of malcolm x and they got denzel tattooed as 
<laughs> playing Malcolm X on them. So Denzel really, 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 really uh, encompassed um, Malcolm, the Detroit Red, Malcolm Little, Malcolm X so damn well. All right. Number three for me. And my Uncle Marcus was going to tell me that I'm a 40-year-old woman um, by saying that this is my number three movie. But then you got to realize my grandpa worked a lot and I was in the house with uh, four women. Okay. The color purple. You told Hoppo to beat me till you do right by me. Everything you think about going to crumble. Sugar like honey, me's like a bee. I follow her everywhere. Um, he daddy even sent us got a song. Sister, you've been on my mind, oh sister. And that movie gotta read the book. If you read the book and then uh, and and then what? Don't do it, Miss Sophia. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it, Miss Seeley. I just watching that, reading the book, and then going back and and watching the movie. God, that movie could have been another hour long and yes Steven Silver produced it and directed it and so it shouldn't be on the list but that is a staple in the black community number two for me urban movies number two is life it's going to be there are going to be consequences and reproductions for there will be consequences and repercussions for touching my cornbread um, absolutely love life it is from start to finish just funny as hell to me okay and number one my anthony newton's the moment you've been waiting for the past i don't have my glasses on so i can't see how long i've been recording 30 some minutes number one movie number one black movie in my opinion here let me recap one more time <laughs> number 10 boys in the hood number nine soul food Number eight, Minister Society. Number seven, Minister Society. Number seven, Best Man. Number five, Love and Basketball. I'm sorry. Damn it. Let me try that again. I should probably edit that out. Number 10, Boys in the Hood. Number nine, Soul Food. Number eight, Minister Society. Number seven, Best Man. Number six, Love and Basketball Number 5 The Wood Number 4 Malcolm X Number 3 The Color Purple Number 2 Life And my number 1 Black movie Of all time Is Belly Now Why Belly Anthony Because Anthony always wanted to be I mean I'm from the hood And I will get with you Uh on any level you want to get with okay but I really wanted to be a dope dealer <laughs> I just I just always wanted to be a dope dealer okay I just wanted to be a gun toting I just wanted to I just wanted to be Tommy from Belly my whole life okay and that scene where he get Keisha and they do what they do motivated me for a number of years to do what I did in the bedroom. I used to play that in my mind, be like, that's what she want. That's how I got to give it to her. That's how I got to, oh, oh, oh. Okay, because Keisha was so fine. Um, 
Bumba Clock. That's why I start saying that. I just <laughs> that movie to me just is my favorite. I, I can't even. I'm gonna explain to y'all. Hell, it's my perspective. Uh, but Belly is my favorite black movie of all time, and I know I'm gonna get some. I know the group chat is gonna give me hell, but uh, it is what it is. So I want to hear your list. Uh, if you've never watched some of these movies, if you you you're not, these movies are an excellent way to to not learn black culture, but to to see some things, maybe understand some things, get some references. It's our safe space, so you are more than welcome to learn it but don't try to repeat it um but uh yeah so y'all tell me tell me your list give me your feedback i want to know so um and there's a lot going on in the world i'm going to leave the perspective of that don't want to talk about andrew como um fire him vote him out don't want to talk about uh what they're doing at, at, at cpac like there literally is a golden idol of the former president they literally are no masks. They're literally lying about who won the election. The man literally isn't in the office. You can't, when you say he feel like he was robbed, you can't say he, he didn't lose because he literally he lost. Don't want to talk about gas prices going up and people being so ignorant, talking about it's the president and not realizing that Texas literally just froze that the prince of a foreign country that is very oil rich ordered a hit on an American journalist and everybody sees that tension coming like that's that's not about a president that's about actions that happened beforehand um, or Texas not having infrastructure in place that drove up gas prices I don't want to talk about 2024 presidential candidates because hell is 2000 and one or 21 i don't want to talk about those things i wanted to talk about my list and remember my friend and so um until next week i love you and there's nothing you can do about it peace